Welcome to Life's a Beach. I'm Bruce Hopkins, better known as Hoppo from Bondi Rescue. Each week I'll be sharing some stories, the good, the bad and everything in between. I'll be chatting to guests about their life experiences and giving our listeners an insight to the challenges we have faced in our lives. We'll share a few jokes and some banter along the way and hopefully our experiences will resonate with you. As the saying goes, while life's a beach, it can also be a bitch. Hey everyone, this week on Life's a Beach, I have a French photographer in the beach shack. His name is Christian Gillies and he has lived in Australia for a fair while now, but he tells his story of growing up on Reunion Island, moving to France where he started photography and then to Australia. So he's photographed so many famous people He's done the red carpet all around the world. And he also talks about his triathlons and marathon running. Also, when he was diagnosed with testicle cancer. So now sit back and listen to my chat with Christian. This week in the Beach Shack, He's been a friend of mine for a while. He's also photographed me over the uh, years on the red carpet. He's a social photographer, red carpet photographer. Welcome, Christian Gillies. How are you, mate? Hoppo. I am excellent. Thank you for having me in a beach shack with you today. I'm very flattered to be talking to you. Mate, it's all good. uh, You know, you've uh, obviously photographed us and uh, also did our little edit on our wedding video. So, you know, there's uh, a personal sort of uh, stuff as well as uh, you've got a great story as well. So we'll rip in and uh, you were born over in, was it Reunion Island you were born? Yeah, that's correct. I was born in 1983 in Reunion Island. I grew up there. Okay, so I was born in back in 1983 in beautiful uh, tropical uh, Reunion Island, which is a little French uh, colony near Mauritius, near Madagascar. You know the movie Madagascar, so we're not far from Madagascar. And my mom's from Paris and my dad is from the island. So I, sp- I spent most of uh, my teen- teenage years on the island until I was 18. And yeah, it's very similar to Hawaii. I don't know if you had a chance to go to Hawaii, but it's very similar. We've got an active volcano. It's a beautiful space. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then growing up there, obviously, you, you did surfing, a lot of water sports in around the Reunion Islands. Well, it's funny you say that because every day after school, I used to go surfing. It was only like five minutes down the road. And one on on big big swell days we used to skip school and just go surfing pretty much every day so and that's why i'm in australia because i came to australia for to surf but yeah yeah reunion was a beautiful beautiful place to to surf back, back in the days i say this back back in the days because i um, don't know if you know about the shark crisis we have there at the moment yeah um, i've heard about that i mean Kerbox that i worked with for many years i've been friends with uh he was surfing there uh, years ago when he was on the pro tour and he did a fair bit there. And it was just, I think the shark situation was starting to come on then, but it got really bad. So tell us about how bad it actually got. I I wasn't uh, in Reunion when it started to, to happen. I was already in Australia. That started to happen in 2010. But basically, like in Reunion, think of it like you could go out surfing any time of the day. I used to stay in the water until 8.30 in summertime, knowing that the sunset was at 7.30, so pitch black, and there's no issues. But in 2010, for some reason, like something clicked and something changed and it's been like numerous shark attacks and at one stage it was it was the deadliest place on earth with for shark attacks higher than uh, miami or or hawaii i think since it's hawaii which has the most shark attacks but yeah basically in 2010 it's been like five five or six attacks in, in f- fatal attacks in in the space of one 12 months and yeah they they they've you're not allowed to go in the water. I don't think it's changed, but basically if you go in the water, even for a surf, you get fined 30 euro, which is like 50 bucks. And yeah, it's terrible. We've got some amazing spots there. Like we used to have Saint-Leu, the left, uh, beautiful left-hander, but I believe Kerbox must have surfed on the WQS uh, 
uh, series when I stopped in Reunion. Yeah, it used to be like, we used to get all the big surfers like Rob Machado, Kelly Slater surfed there. Uh, Rob Machado is actually married to a Reunion Island girl. And most of the surf, the surf now, you have to go overseas to surf. Uh, Jeremy Flores, as you may know, who stopped a few times at Bondi, grew up in uh, between Reunion and Madagascar and he learned his surfing there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So growing up as a, a, a young kid in yeah, Reunion Island, there's, there's the water sports, would have been a lot of what, snorkeling as well. But did they play a lot of, uh, you know, like soccer and football or other sports there as well when you're growing up? Yeah, so basically it's a big mountain island. So you pretty much have access to everything from climbing. Obviously, soccer is a, it, it's very big in France and it's getting bigger in Australia, obviously, with all the World Cups and Australia doing well. And, and But yeah, soccer, rugby, basketball, you have all kinds of sports you, you, you can choose. Yeah, and I chose surfing. Yeah, I just always had that passion for the water. And then as you got older, when did you start getting into photography or liking photography? Well, I started taking photos really when my parents uh, bought me a Polaroid camera, the old Polaroid instant print, and I started shooting with that. And I was probably five or six. And I used to do that. And it used to be like very expensive. Like one photo would cost $10 just for one photo so you used to have a pack of 10 and yeah 10 10 photos you used to be used to have to be careful that's how i started i started taking photos of people things uh, dogs uh, portraits uh, landscape and yeah yeah and did you think you, you had a natural eye for it because i know you, you, you need to know the you know the angles the lighting was it something that came natural to you yeah, as long as you, you shoot, you keep shooting, you keep working hard, like anything in life, you work hard for it and you you always improve your skills. Uh, like I say, like I say, even when I'm not taking photos, like I always try to read about it because I believe in life it's either you get better or you get worse. And it's it's for anything, you know, like in fitness, it's the same thing. And in, yeah, in normal life, it's the same thing. You always have to be challenged. And so I, I, I worked hard for my craft and it uh, it's I'm uh, grateful for where I am today, who I've shot over the years. And yeah. So... As you got older, you did it become a job or did you did another job before you sort of got into the photography and actually got paid for being a photographer? Well, I moved to Paris when I was 17. I left Reunion. I moved to Paris to study and I studied uh, business uh, in Paris at uh, uni there. And I was doing a lot of uh, parties, like student parties and stuff. And uh, starting to get cash and uh, and money for it, and yeah, it started from there. And then back in two thousand and two, uh, I was I shot uh, the French Film Festival in the south of France in Cannes, and that really started my career. And I was working for freelance for a French magazine called Voici, which is like a pap pap magazine. And I did three years of uh, French Film Festival, and we were doing. Uh, big parties like yacht parties and uh, private private events it was amazing yeah and then i came to australia in 2005 on a surf trip and yeah i, I picked up a job a few i was I picked up a job a few years after that with a uh, with news corp or the daily telegraph yeah so out of all the years you would have photographed some you know amazing celebrities amazing people yeah tell us a bit about uh about that well I've shot you. That's uh, that's uh, <laughs> well, that, well. That's the top of it. That'd be the top of it, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a cherry on the cake. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't tell Karen that. <laughs> she knows. She knows. Uh, yeah, so it's been amazing. Like just uh, just to uh, do all these uh, red carpets, and I became the social photographer for the Daily Telegraph, Daily Telegraph and the Sunday Telegraph, uh, which includes uh, Sydney Confidential. So in Australia, or even in France, like I have been able to shoot some uh, famous people and work with them and spend some time with them and follow them around. 
uh, those these people include like Tom Cruise, Rihanna, John Travolta, who is one of the nicest uh, uh, celebs I ever worked with. Yeah, yeah. And if you ask me who is my favorite uh, person to have shot, I would definitely say Paul Hogan, uh, Crocodile Dundee, because I grew up with that movie in, in France. And yeah, like just shooting him, like, I can't remember when, maybe in 2014 or something like this, and talking to him, like sitting down with him. And right, it's pretty amazing. Like over at uh, all the celebs I've shot, yeah, he would be my uh, my uh, favorite one to have to have worked with. Yeah. Apart from you, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, is as you said, some are, are good and some are bad. Like, is it difficult with some celebrities? Because, especially when you're doing the red carpet, how is it there? Because some celebrities would they want to be the front and center and, and get all the shots. Uh, that he, obviously there's multiple people coming through the red carpet. Do you find any that try and push in and and, and be more prominent? Have you noticed that over the years? Well, only recently uh, with uh, the rise of social media, Instagram, and we call them the influencers. Uh, it's uh, it's it's not be, it's, it's it's they're not pests, but it's been very tricky. They push in and it, they just want to be the center of attention. And at the end of the day, like for me, I, I respect everyone, but if you try to push in like those influencers do lately just to 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 get more followers i just i, I just don't like it it's not something which ex- excites me and yeah i'm not uh, i'm not that i've got more respect for someone like who's worked hard to 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 be where they are today like someone like billy eilish you know like before she became a superstar she's done like so many gigs uh, with a little mum following her around uh those people have got talent and they worked, 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 worked hard. There are a few influencers on the red carpet who work hard and I respect that, but like nothing is an overnight success. It's not because we take your photo, but you're going to be a superstar straight away. Mm. And then when you take all the photos, do you then choose yourself on what ones you're going to send through to the, to the, uh, like the Daily Telegraph or magazines and ones you think that are, are the best ones that you've shot? Well, I send a, a combination of photos, like uh, either full length or three quarter, or anything which is a bit catchy, like someone would have would have shared a, a, a kiss uh, quickly. Like you know, I send those photos. We could potentially make a front page. And over the years, I've uh, I, I've decided a few times not to sign any photos because it could actually harm someone's mental health and. I think it's very important, especially especially as a snapper. Like when when we live in a society where a lot of people leave by what they see, they believe what they see. So I I do choose the photos I sent I sent to the papers. Yeah, and it, it's quite. I mean, photography has been quite competitive too, isn't it? Because there's so mm. many people that are in that industry, and that becomes competitive and. So do you get a thrill if you get a front page or, you know, you get ahead of, of someone else that's uh, maybe a, in competition with another newspaper or another magazine? Well, it's always very exciting. I love competition. I love being the only one, being the exclusive snapper, getting the shot. But in saying that, it's most of the jobs I've done, they're all set up. It's portraits with uh, such and such. It's not, I'm not chasing anyone like i've got a lot of colleagues that chase people whether it's in australia or they follow them uh, across the world because they're trying to get uh, that that money shot and I, I i do get a thrill when i get a front page it's always rewarding i don't get any uh, extra commissions just by having a front page but it's nice to to see that you've made the front page of a uh, front page of an australian newspaper and knowing that i'm french and 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 whether it's different publications uh, in Australia, it's always exciting because, you know, your hard work pays off, you know, and it's like keep shooting and shooting and shooting and it happens. Yeah. Mm. Would you look at doing any more photography over like in Europe again? It's very tough in Europe. And you're talking about competition. It's, it's so competitive in Europe and 
same in America. I, I recently watched uh, uh, the movie Diana and what a great movie, but such a sad end to it. And that shows you the scale of how people are being trapped there, you know. I wouldn't, home is, is Australia now, especially with my kids and wife. Yeah, I wouldn't think of, even, even, even if it's for the money, I wouldn't go back there. Yeah, life is good here. Life is great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is good in Australia. I can't. Uh, I have to agree with you there. It's uh, yeah, the beaches and uh, the lifestyle is just uh, really, really good. You've been up the top with you know photography and all that, and but then you did have a cancer scare. So tell us a little bit about that. Where did that just like was that just rock bottom? Did that just hit you like a like a ton of bricks? Well, I'm 38 years old uh, today, uh, these days, and <clears throat> I've been in Australia since I was 20s, and uh, my cancer scare at 28 years old. Uh, let me tell you, at 28 years old, the last thing you, you think of is cancer. Uh, testicular cancer, and I was diagnosed at 28, and they gave me the choice. They sat me down. They say, "All right, let's do some some more some more tests." And they they sat me down and say, "Whatever, what what would you like to do to, to do surgery? If we need to do surgery, do you want to do it in Australia, or you've got a few days to go back to France to do it there?" I say, "No, I've been here for a long time. I've already been here for eight years. I'll do it here." And I had to wait a couple of days to see whether the cancer had spread anywhere else and it, it it didn't so that was on a friday so i had a whole weekend to wait for 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 the results to see if it spread and it didn't spread so i was very lucky and i'm grateful for that but on the tuesday i was on the uh, surgery and uh, a few rounds of chemotherapy afterwards and um, I'm I'm being uh, I'm not being followed anymore, but I used to be followed every three months, six months, and yearly to make sure that there's no uh, no no more cancer. So yeah, it was a big wake up call, and that's why I say a lot. Life is short, and at 28, you think you are invincible, but you've got the whole life, and you know you are enjoying life and you party and stuff. And yeah, and since that day, I was like, oh. It's life is short. You better you gotta enjoy it every single day. It's not. It's it's easy to say that. It's not. It's it's more difficult to put it in practice. But if you, I always think about about that in the back of my head every day. I say, oh, you know what? What if you know? Like what if the cancer had spread? I wouldn't be here today. And I think of all the people who are going through tough times. And that's why every day I try to to to, to enjoy life at its fullest you're saying when you got uh you went on that friday then you had the weekend to you know think about it geez that must have been how was your your mental state there million things must have been going through your head yes and a lot of tears a lot of uh questions and also you you think you don't think it's over but you get you get ready for a fight. Whatever the fight would be, you get ready for it. But yeah, it's a lot of thinking and it's whatever you do, whether you go grocery shopping and it's there, you don't know what's the the, 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 the outcome and you're freaking out. And yeah, it's 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 so stressful uh, stressful. I, I probably didn't sleep the whole weekend just because thinking about it, you know? Did you have people that you could speak to about it in Australia and, and a bit of support around that time? Well, uh, my parents uh, in uh, in France, so I was speaking to them. I had friends, a lot of friends, and so, yeah, I could speak to them and, yeah. And there's no thought of going back to France, like back to your parents when it was that situation or you thought, oh, no, I'll stay here in Australia and, and deal with it? No, I didn't think of that. Like when they gave me the choice, I say, "Ah, oh, you have you, whatever you decide. You need to decide quickly." And always, my head, I'm here. You know, life is here for me. I don't have any any relationship with friends anymore in terms of health in the health department or anything like that. And yeah, I was settled here. And Sydney is uh, 
Sina is an amazing place for anything and especially for 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 the for if you get sick you you very well looked after so I, I wasn't going to go back to France no way no way and then how was the process with the chemo did that uh affect you at all yeah the chemo was uh was uh was pretty quick it's just to make sure that there's no 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 cancer left a couple of uh, rounds of chemo i think it was uh every week for a couple of weeks so like two weeks and yeah it's just to make sure there's no cancer left there i didn't feel sick or anything and it's it's very um how do you say nerve breaking like in terms when you go and get your shots and you see all these people and and they're, they're young they're old they're they are if, if cancer doesn't spare anyone and and yeah it's, it's, you have to believe that you're gonna get through it and i think the mind your mindset during this this tough times is very important because if you give up straight away, then yeah, it's not going to work. But if you believe, you take it as a challenge and yeah, you're going to go for it. Yeah, you've got more chances to be all right. And just for people listening out there, and, and a lot of people should go get checked. How did you find out originally something is wrong to go get checked? And also, if you get checked early enough and captured earlier, you've got a much better chance of getting rid of the cancer? Well, we've... Uh, Testicular cancer, I realized there's something wrong when uh, when one of my uh, testes, I was out surfing actually at Bondi and laying down on the board and uh, something didn't feel right, like it tripled, tri not tripled, but doubled in size and yeah, I put some ice and all of that and something was wrong and I didn't feel sick or anything, but my body reacted to it pretty much straight away. To tell me that there's a cancer growing so i went to get a check and that's why and came back uh, with uh, cancer and i f i think like people don't talk about it but yeah everyone should self-check themselves and at least once a year or every time every time you think there's something wrong yeah get get uh, a doctor to to help you with a diagnosis yeah yeah, because some people just wait too long, or they think it's oh, it's nothing to worry about. It's you know it's only minor, but it really could be saving your life then rather than waiting till something you know it's too late. Definitely, it could be anything. I recently showed a com campaign for uh, prostate cancer, and and it's oh, and also about bowel cancer. For anything, whether it's breast cancer, it's important to get checked and and before before getting checked of course I've, i think it's most important to look after yourself like in terms of mental health and physical health that that helps not to get to to get to get anything uh how do you say like anything uh f not fatal but like anything any disease yeah yeah any disease it could be yeah it could be fatal though now also you've enjoyed um a, a lot of sports and that as well so you've i've noticed you, you've been doing you've done triathlon you've done marathon running did you do that when you were young as a kid or that came on a bit later in life i started running since the day i was diagnosed with cancer at school you do the cross-country uh, challenges uh, but i really started running at uh, 28 10, 10, 10 years 10 years ago I started with 5K runs, then 10K, and then City to Surfs. I've run every City to Surf since 2013. And and then I did my first marathon back in here yeah, in Sydney in 2014. I like running. I find it very difficult to get the motivation to get started. But yeah, I enjoy it because you can push yourself uh, to, 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 to the max. You always push your limits, always a little extra extra minute on the track running i started doing my first marathon in 2014 and then uh, a few uh, long distance uh, tri triathlons like ironman a few trails along um, along the way like 100 kilometer races yeah but i always enjoy i always enjoy this because it's where i can actually push myself and tell my mind to go further and further and further yeah the pain yeah pain 
suffering, I think, helps me <laughs> going further and further, yeah. Mate, there's plenty of suffering in Ironman triathlon and, and marathon running. But so you built up, you, you built up to do the city to surf. And But what was it like? Did you put a lot of training in for the marathon and, and also the Ironman for the triathlon? Well, marathon, it's running 42.195K. Uh, 42 uh, you do have to put a lot of uh, training into, into it to run your first marathon or whether you train or whether it's your first second third marathon you have to put a lot of training you have to run pretty much uh five times a week at different uh different pace to to, to train your body to go faster you also do long distance uh like long 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 distance run like to, whether it's 20 k's or or, tw- or 30 k's uh, once a week just to to help your body get used to but running because a marathon is a it's it's a long it's a long time running. Tri triathlons, Ironman are are different because you kind of vary the uh, disciplines. So you have the swim, uh, long distance swim, and also the cycling, which is 180 kilometer, and you finish with a marathon. So every time you you're in transition, you're always happy because it's like a new a new section of the triathlon starting. And you do need to put a lot of work when you do an Ironman because you have to get up early, you have to swim in the morning, run in the afternoon, and then go cycling three, four times a week. Yeah, it's 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 it impact, impacts your your lifestyle and also your family. And it's it's people think it's only a race for one person, but it's not. Like everyone is involved: the kids, the wife. Uh, your your work because you need to work around your work your schedule and just go out training so yeah it's a big investment and, and it must be hard for you too because a lot of your you know red carpet shoots and and all that it's night time so if you're you know up early training all day training you're tired but then you've got to go and do the shoots you know a lot of the time at night that must be uh pretty tough to to get through well i'm grateful that i've got whatever i do i always work on my schedule so whether i've got a shoot at uh, six uh, between 6 p.m and 8 p.m i always work around my schedule i i don't i don't wait for the motivation to kick in i just go I start like, for example, swimming or running or cycling. I start and five minutes later, I'm in the zone and I'm 100% in it. And I don't think about what's next. I'm just, I just enjoy the present moment that I'm living. And I, I, it, obviously it's hard when you've got a light shoot until midnight and you need to get up at, at five. But yeah, I'll get the job done. I'll get the job done. It's, I think, being disciplined and passionate is very important you don't i never wait for motivations even if it's raining outside and you you're like oh no i don't want to go it's middle of winter you don't want to go running because it's raining and it's windy i don't wait for motivation to to, to kick in i just put my shoes on and just go out that's it mm. discipline yeah yeah you definitely need discipline in uh when you're doing those type of sports and i think i remember you saying you, you sometimes you'd run late at night you'd do some running later or some ridiculous hour yeah so i always work around my schedule so when whenever i need to do a run for, uh, for either training or a virtual marathon uh i some of them i've done start starting up after putting the kids to bed uh, which would be 8 30 start at night and that's very hard because your body you're tired you don't want to go you don't want to you don't want to do it you just want to go back to bed and that that's when being dis- discipline and dedication and passion kicks in and you tell your mind no no i'm staying out here i'm not coming ho- going home to have a warm shower on no 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 i'm doing the work getting the work done and then i'll go home once i'm done when i'm finished yeah and with the marathon and the triathlon was there a goal to just to finish those events or after a while it gets a bit of addictive and, and you want to you know improve and go that bit quicker and get a better place well I started. I started, like I said, like running, like two uh, in two thousand and twelve, and I always find it very difficult to run. But it's the excitement when you 
when I, when you do the job and if cross the finish line you're like what's next what's the next challenge it's the adrenaline and the excitement and the joy of it even you've worked so hard for it you're so pumped about that yeah so it would be yeah finishing an event like that it's just uh the adrenaline rush must be massive as being a sportsman yourself too you would you know the feeling right where you so proud of yourself not 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 kiss, kissing you on ass to say that you're you're fantastic but just you're so proud of yourself for all the hours spent out there all the work which has been done and you cross that finish line it's so blissful you such in a blissful state it's not even just crossing the finish line it's like even at the start line and the whole time you just on the clouds, cloud nine, yeah. And you find too, it, it does help. I find it when I do a lot of exercise and I've got races coming up. And like you said, when I complete the race, it really helps my mental health. It really, um, and the training leading up. And do you find that it helps you uh, It just in your general life? Absolutely. In, in, in sport or in fitness, if you are disciplined, you put this into your general life like as as an example just training for for a marathon you schedule you have a schedule of how much training you need you need to do per week you have a calendar as well so if you start i think it's important to to schedule a, every single day like a mission that's when you learn when you start doing running and stuff because you need to schedule it. So and then if you can start start doing this, apply the same rules to your not to general life, it would it definitely helps. It's what I do every day. Every day I wake up, I plan my day, what I'm gonna do, and I I tick I tick every boxes. Sometimes I don't complete everything I had planned, but I try to complete as many things as I can. Yes. Yes, and it's it's a good thing from to take that from the sports, from the sports uh, section of your life to doing it into your general life. Yeah, whether it's with the kids or or at work. Yeah, and I saw a photo recently. You, were, I think it was leading up to the marathon. You're running with your son. There's a shot of both of you running. That must have yeah. been a proud moment. Is that a proud moment? Yeah, it's a super proud moment, and. You saw the story yeah, in uh, online where they talked about my cancer and basically at the cinema marathon, I completed my 100th marathon since I started uh, running marathons. Yeah, so I started my first marathon was actually in Sydney in 2014 and in 2022, I ran my 100th marathon. So it's, um, it's a magical moment just to have just just to have completed this milestone and you think of all the hours I've been out doing those runs and it coincides very well with my 10 year anniversary since my my cancer so it's 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 such an accomplishment it's I'm so proud I'm so pumped about it and yeah I'm so happy that's an amazing effort you think that's what an eight year period you've done a hundred marathons it's a lot of time spent outside <laughs> running, running. But it's such a milestone just just to think that I've done this. And always in the back of my mind, I always thought life is short, you know. And people always say to me, oh, don't do it because you're going to be at uh, 60 or your whatever age you, you're going to you're gonna have surgery for your knees and all of that but I'm, I'm not guaranteed to be here at 60 so i enjoy the present moment moment like i said to you before and i put i put in the work and just work out and that's how i did it i completed i completed the marathon and covid has been it's been difficult for everyone for my profit for my job it's been very very tricky and by not stressing about any anything Work-wise, because there's not many jobs out there during COVID, not many celebs coming over uh, because the borders were closed. So I started running a lot of virtual marathons, like like for, you start your watch and you run for forty-two point two. But it's 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 what helped me also get the numbers up. And I 
did I want to run 100 marathon and 100 marathon is just it happened that way so now uh, my wife say, say to me when I crossed that finish line at the Sydney uh, running festival for my 100 marathon she said do not add a zero to that <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> very very good. The now you, you, well your family plays a big part, and um, yeah, tell us a bit about that. The, the great support of you. Well, I've got a wonderful wife, Megan, who is always supporting me along the way, and two beautiful kids, uh, Olivia and Minolo. Olivia is twelve, and my son is four. So it's it's been they've been always been an amazing support to be around. And it's been hard sometimes, just like you're talking about doing the late runs, late, late night uh, marathons, thinking about them, go home to the wife and the kids, the warm shower, and now you keep, you keep pushing. And yeah, and I think for my kids, it's, I'm proud of doing what I do every day and what I've done, like, because it's an exa- you're an example to them, you know. You you can be an inspiration to anyone, but you're also an example and inspiration to your own kids. And thankful for the great support I've received from them, and to have them around every day. Yeah, mm. yeah no, it's amazing. Um, you know, I've met them, and it's it's amazing. A great great family, and you're all uh, very supportive of each other, mate. Uh, the other thing I was going to bring up was your the future of photography. Now, you mentioned before Instagram. Uh, back in the day when you started, it was basically a shop and then you had time to put it in. It went to magazines. and So you're shooting a red carpet these days, but there's everyone else with their social media. It's going out way before you can even get your photos to wherever you need to get them to. Is that a bit harder or disappointing these days? It's... It's exciting. It's exciting. I'm excited about the future. What's the future uh, holds for us? It's. It doesn't worry me. I think these days the world is going so fast, and we all want to be to, to try to catch up and stay stay in that like fast lane. And you, you, un- unfortunately, I don't think that's. Technology has been great for that in terms of being so locked locked up with your phone and just always always on social media and I see it with kids with kids or anyone always on social media. I do not have Facebook or Instagram on my phone. I don't spend a lot of time on Insta. You can follow me if you want, but I don't follow anyone. I. I'm not worried. I don't stress about it. It's just what's happening. But these days, everyone's trying to to get to to to, to be so caught caught up in it, and I don't think it's very sane for your mental health. Like, especially if you're a, a, a female and you look at that girl. Oh, she's 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 fitter than me. Uh, it impacts a kid's mental health. I've done a few campaigns for um, uh, uh, the suicide rate in, um, in in teens, and yeah, with COVID, it's been the highest than ever because of the kids trying to always be who they're not. Mate, it's uh, great having you in the beach shack telling your story, and you know, is there anyone else, anyone you want to thank or you know, plug something? Yeah, you know, photography. Is there somewhere people can go to? see your photography well um i said i don't spend a lot of time on insta uh instagram but yeah you can follow me if you want on uh and uh, at the french photographer um you can see a bit of my work and since uh march 2020 uh, with uh, covid i've uh, started doing videos so i do shoot a lot of videos uh, mostly events I work with a few big uh, real estate uh, companies where I, sh- I shoot uh, promo videos. But yeah, most 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 of my work is either on my website, thefrenchphotographer.com, or on Google, Christian Gilles. Uh, you can find a lot of uh, work uh, photos I've shot over the years. Yeah, online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, mate. Now, 
at the end of the uh, interview, I do uh, uh, some questions. I throw five fun facts at you, and you can answer them whatever way you like. So I'll. Uh, the first question is best thing about swimming. Best thing about swimming. Well, it reminds me of my uh, uh, my childhood. Uh, I remember watching the Endless Summer. I don't know if you've seen it. I've watched it before, and I remember a quote from uh, Mickey Dora, and he was uh, he was being interviewed, and he said something that I've never forgotten. He said, "When I'm out surfing, like all my worries, all my issues stay behind. They stay on the sand while I'm out there surfing and." I've got a clear mind. And for me, swimming, is, it's been exactly the same thing, like just being connected to, 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 to the ocean and nature and being with yourself. It's, 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 it's so blissful. Mm. Right. What are you most proud of? The person that I am today, but I always wanted to be and I am and I, I so look forward to, to, to the next, uh, in 10 years' time. I yeah, I'm proud of who I am today. Yeah. What's the best thing about photography? Best thing about photography is uh, being able to sh- to do to shoot different perspective. Every way you shoot, uh, it would have different meaning. And in my job, uh, being being a red carpet snapper, it's been great to have shared some great uh, moments or bad moments with. We have a lot of uh, 80s stars out there. Uh, yeah, to have to have access in the news industry, to have access to to places that you would not usually go. Uh, like I've got travel travel tra- go to disaster zones, uh, zones which have been in fact affected by disasters or dealing with prime ministers. I think it's 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 great and being a a, freel- a freelance photographer helps in doing that because you get to choose the jobs that you want to do and the clients you want to work with. Yeah, not being money driven, just organizing your own schedule. Yeah. What ridiculous thing has someone tricked you into doing or believing? Uh, that's a tough question. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, my parents uh, with Santa Claus. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, Santa. <laughs> Believing in Santa, ah, but uh, yeah, I still believe it exists, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Christmas is around the corner too. Mm. What's the closest thing to real magic? Ah, oh, another tricky question. The closest thing to real magic, mate, crossing that finish line for my one hundredth marathon. That was the closest thing to real magic I can think of right now. That blissful state and. The happiness, the happiness, it was so real. It, 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 it's so real. And I'm on the clouds, like I said. It's, to this day, I'm still on the cloud just to have accomplished that. So that would be the closest thing to magic, to real magic for me. Well, Christian, mate, it is an amazing effort. 100 marathons, absolutely. Mate, congratulations. I'd be on cloud nine too, but I don't think I'll ever uh, be able to get to 100 marathons. But, mate, it's it's a pleasure having a chat, telling your story. You know, it helps a lot of people by telling your story about cancer as well and, and also how interesting it is being a photographer. And uh, I'll probably catch up with you soon on the uh, – maybe on a red carpet now the events are back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for – having me today can i add can i add something yeah, yeah. so i thank you for having me today bruce hopo it was awesome uh, i'm very flattered to have been talking to you about uh, my life story my cancer and uh, the support i've received along the way and to have met you and to know you and to consider you as a friend is makes me very happy but uh, first uh, yeah i'd like to thank my wife and two kids like i mentioned earlier and secondly i really believe life is believe that life is short i realized that when i was faced with a disease i want this to be an inspiration this podcast to be an inspiration even if it's for one person everything i did or i do in my life is with passion patience persistence and beliefs it's important to have dreams and to shoot for the stars 
You must have a goal and a schedule to attain that goal. You need to believe in yourself, self-confidence, and you need to work for it, self-discipline. Always look for excellence, not average or good. Don't compare yourself to others. Have high standards and high value. Be the best you can possibly be. Don't wait for motivation to kick in. Like I said, do the work. You'll find the motivation when you're out there. It's 3.30 in the morning and there's no one to say, hey, come on, keep going. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You you, you truly know you are. You're, you're a tough, tough, tough one. Be hungry, override your mind. Like I said, if you want to go home and have a home shower and ask, stay out there, train your mind. Say, no, no, I'm staying out here. I'm training hard. Hard work pays off. Nothing is an overnight success. Nothing is a failure. Rather, a learning experience. Be bold, be hungry, be humble, and be weird. Mate, well said, Christian. That was uh, amazing. And thank you again for coming in and having a chat. And I uh, will catch up soon, eh? Thank you for having me. Au revoir. Merci. Now let's go to Beach Banner. This week in the beach, Shaq, it's a pleasure. Will Bigelow to be in. Now, he's done a few things in his uh, life before he became a lifeguard, but one was playing rugby. Now, I've grown up watching a lot of mates play rugby in the day for Randwick, and he's sort of in that opposition side, the eastern suburbs he played for. So, Will, tell us a little bit about, mate, playing rugby for East. What a club. What a club. <laughs> uh, it's... Um... Yeah, mate. Rugby for East, it's it's um it's a home for a lot of boys. You know, it's a really close knit community down there, and extremely competitive too. So it's a good good level of rugby. And yeah, mate, it's yeah we we love that uh that local derby hit out East versus the Green Slime Randwick as you uh, like to support. <laughs> but yeah, mate, playing down at East, you know, I've, I've I've played rugby down at East from five years old. You know, I've had a pretty turbulent rugby career you can put it that way but yeah had to had to give it up about four years ago due to injuries and yeah a few things along the way so but wouldn't change it for the world mate it's <laughs> one of the best clubs is the best club <laughs> talking about injuries so it's a pretty tough physical game isn't it so the, the listeners from overseas that you know haven't heard or seen of a, a rugby union game i'd jump on and google it and you'll see how tough it is and What's it like, mate? You're, you're playing in the forwards, so those rucks and the malls and that must have been pretty uh, ferocious. Yeah, mate. The forwards are sort of like the battering rams. I don't know if you can put it to the NFL terms. If anyone's listened, watches NFL or knows anything about it, they're kind of like the big defensive line, except they just run more. Yeah, the, <laughs> the forwards, you, it's a very physical position being anywhere in the forwards. You hit the ball up a lot, you make the tackles, and you get in the rucks and malls and – if you're a forward, you love it. You know they generally make you a, uh, they make you a forward because they say when you're born, you know they put your face on backwards, so you got a head for radio. <laughs> and you know the backs are the pretty ones. They stand out the back and do the makeup. So I'm all right with that. I've got a head for radio. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, mate, I love the physicality. I love being able to put a shot on someone, and someone being able to put a shot on me. So yeah, no, it's it's yeah. It's a great, great spot to be in on a Saturday. Yeah, I remember going down to uh, watching, you know, Randwick back in the day. And, mate, the crowd, you used to get massive crowds. And it's always great between, you know, Randwick and East. It's all uh, uh, the rivalry is pretty, uh, pretty good. And everyone uh, has a lot of banter. And because a lot of us all know each other, uh, because it's basically both clubs are in the eastern suburbs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, the local derby is, is huge. And every sort of club has that. But I think East and Randwick are the biggest is the biggest rivalry because geographically they're two clubs that are so close. Every other club is you know Sydney Uni, Western Sydney or Parramatta or Gordon or something like that. So they're they're quite spread apart. But East and East and uh, and and Randwick the closest. And you know all the boys who play for Randwick, they either work together. We went to school together. So you know it's it's always good being able to bash your mates on the weekend. <laughs> then have a beer afterwards. That's it, mate. So with the injuries, that's uh, stopped you from playing, but do you think uh, you may go back one day or, or that's done now? Mate, I <laughs> I dream about it every night going back. Yeah, I, I, I miss it. I miss it so, so much. It's it's a really hard thing to let go of. But, yeah, the injuries and I think the uh, 
the looks that Ella gives me from um, <laughs> from saying, oh, I want to go back, I think it's enough to, uh, to, to, to hold me back a little bit, which is <laughs> definitely a good thing. Too many knocks to the head and too many shoulder dislocations. And also, you know, I don't know how much sick leave I'll have with you. So, um. <laughs> with playing back in the day, we had, yeah, he's had some some great players. And were there any mentors there that that came through the ranks that yeah helped you out? Mate, there's there's been a few. It's not really a mentor thing when it comes to footy because you. All the blokes who are now playing professionally or playing for the Wallabies, Waratahs, anywhere, I, I played with them and you kind of learn from them. They're not, they don't really mentor. Like each person sort of, you know, says, oh, you can do this better, you do that better. You learn off each other. So there's not really a mentor thing. When I was younger, you know, I looked up to players like, you know, John Eels and, you know, George Gregg and all those, you know, big names. You watch them every Saturday, all the tours, everything like that. and Unbelievable. But as for the mental part, you know, you just you just learn off each other, and you know, putting extra time in with those blokes who are better than you. That's the only way to get better is is you know put yourself in the firing line with those guys. Well, mate, uh, it's great having you in the beach shack. Uh, we'll get you in again soon. So cheers, mate. Thanks, Bruce. See you soon. Now it's time to have a listen to the fans in the mailbag. And this week's letter in the mailbag is from Theo, and he is from Cabramatta, out uh, the western suburbs of Sydney. His question is, what are those armbands you wear uh, on Bondo Rescue? Well, Theo, they're uh, where it captures the audio, so we wear those. It's a Velcro that sticks onto our arm, and the little mic is inside that little container. So that gets captures all the audio from when we're in the water. The sound guy on the beach has about five or six different ones that he's listening to at the time and he can switch on and off on who it is and who's doing the rescue so he can capture all the audio, which then gets edited to match the footage. So Theo, mate, uh, thanks for uh, a great question and I'll catch you all again next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember to subscribe to Life's a Beach wherever you get your podcasts and hit us up with questions, comments, or follow us on our social media channels, which you can find in our show notes. That's it for today, beach fans. Stay safe and swim between the flags.